And welcome to Tuesday. It is the uh, 25th of January, the last Tuesday of January in uh, this year, 2022, which is already turning out to be kind of a crazy year. Happily, it is Irish Coffee Day. Don't have Irish coffee with your breakfast, though. At least wait till lunch. A lot of stuff going on today, and a lot of stuff happened on this day back in the day. And as you know, I like to believe I'm a student of history. I don't always get all of it correct, but I like looking back to see what happened on this day back in the day. On this day in 1905, one of the world's largest diamonds was found. In fact, the world's largest diamond was found in Pretoria, South Africa. It was 3,106 carats of diamond. This diamond eventually would be given to the King of England, and he had it cut up. And the guy he hired to cut it was so nervous about it that when he took the saw to make the first cut, he was delirious. He was weary and weak from how he studied it and made the plans. And when he turned on the saw to make the first cut, the blade broke. So they had to bring in another blade. It didn't harm the diamond, this massive diamond. But when the second blade attacked the diamond and the cut was executed perfectly, the diamond cutter fainted. Just a great story. Somebody should make a movie about that. That would be fascinating. Also on this date, back in 1961, President John F. Kennedy held the first live televised presidential press conference. And that brings us to the madness of yesterday and what happened in the White House with Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. and a member of the press, Peter Ducey from Fox News. They were shooing everybody out of the White House, as they always do, and reporters were trying to shout questions as uh, as they were being whisked away from the meeting that was about to happen. And Peter Ducey was trying to shout a question about inflation and if it's going to have an effect on the midterm elections. And Biden said he wasn't going to take any questions that were off topic because somebody tried to ask about Ukraine and Russia, yada, yada, yada. And you would think that the inflation and the economy and the midterms would be relevant to the meeting that was about to happen because it was talking about how to help people who were experiencing problems with the economy. Made perfect sense. And so Ducey shouted his question, you know, is inflation going to have an effect on the midterm elections? And Joe Biden said what many of you have already heard was that moment they're calling a hot mic moment. Here it goes. That's a great asset. More inflation. What a stupid son of a bitch. Now, Joe Biden calling Peter Ducey a stupid son of a bitch shouldn't surprise anybody because he uses that term a lot. Remember when he was talking about the Ukrainians and how he squeezed them into firing a prosecutor by saying, if that guy's not fired before I leave here, then all that aid, the billion dollars in aid is not going to happen. And Biden looked at the people he was addressing and said, well, son of a bitch, guess what happened? So he likes using that phrase. And last week he called um, a question from another Fox reporter at a press event, a stupid question. So he's 
He's not above calling people stupid or a son of a bitch. That's the way that goes. Now, the interesting thing here, the parallel, I think, which is worth bringing up, is um, if Peter Ducey is a stupid son of a bitch, who does Joe Biden consider to be smart? Who does the president consider to be smart? Well, remember when he was asked about his son Hunter and all of Hunter's failings? He is the smartest man I know. I mean, in terms of pure intellectual capacity. So Hunter Biden, the guy who got thrown out of the military because of a drug addiction, the guy who uh, destroyed the lives of many people in his family and connected to his family with a lot of his antics and is under suspicion for several different kinds of illegal behavior involving not only the IRS but foreign governments, uh, that's the smartest guy you know. So Peter Ducey, a hardworking reporter at Fox, is a stupid son of a bitch and Hunter is the smartest guy you know. Yeah, we live in a really bizarre world, don't we? We certainly do. Uh, the other side of this is uh, Peter Ducey, who I think is going to be ultimately the winner in all of this. Peter Ducey is the guy who's going to come out way ahead of everybody else. He got a phone call from the president yesterday. How about that? The president calls you on your cell phone. Of course, that's because the media in the White House, the media press people have all of the phone numbers of all the chief White House correspondents for all the networks. So they had Peter Ducey's number, and I'm glad they called him. I think that's fantastic. Absolutely think that the president should have, and I'm glad he did, in less than an hour called Peter Ducey. Peter Ducey also went on the five when, uh, when this happened yesterday afternoon and talked to the, um, the people on the five, and, and he played it off as you would think he would. He's a very, uh, a very affable young man. So kudos to Peter Ducey for that. He did a great job yesterday, and he did a great job afterwards. And as I said, he'll be the guy who wins. He'll be the guy who takes all of the prizes on this one. Uh, I'll get back to that because I want to ask our friend Jim Stovall about this. Jim Stovall of the Winner's Wisdom column is going to join us, as he does pretty much every Tuesday, to talk about uh, his advice and how you can you know, be smarter, be better, et cetera. But there's some other things I just have to mention. Uh, the uh, a federal court has ruled that during the lockdowns in California, when the gun stores were locked down, that was unconstitutional. I don't think it's going to help those gun stores get their revenue back, but it's nice to know that it was unconstitutional. Maybe the state will have to make up for what they lost. The um, New York State Supreme Court has overturned the new governor's mask mandate. So one by one, all of this overreach by these blue state power grabbers is being pushed aside. So that's all very good news. Very good news. Uh, I'm also keeping an eye on a uh, Supreme Court hearing that is going to have uh, Harvard and the University of North Carolina arguing for their policies which are essentially affirmative action as it relates to who gets to come into those schools. They're trying to use their social justice guidelines to shape the ethnic makeup of the classes. Shouldn't it be based solely on a colorblind test of scores? Shouldn't you have a standard of what the score should be and that should be the only test? 
this social engineering never works. So let's hope the Supreme Court uh, gives us clarity on that. We may hear about that. There is a new large peer-reviewed study that proves ivermectin works in treating COVID, making COVID uh, less deadly. This is out of Brazil. It's a huge study. Hopefully, we'll get Dr. Michael Royzen of the Cleveland Clinic to talk to us about that. I want to hear if that's going to be then used as a, uh, a treatment that people should take before COVID comes around. Just wondering. Also, a couple of interesting things out of the world of rock and roll. Eric Clapton says that anybody who's been vaccinated for COVID is under hypnosis. Now, he's vaccinated, but he said he was kind of tricked into doing it. He's also someone who doesn't want to play in any venue that forces people to show vaccination passports. His career, which is on the downside now, he's 76 years old. Give the guy a break. His career has been uh, cut short by all the vaccine mandates, etc., And Neil Young, who you would think is a big rebel, Neil Young has said that uh, he doesn't like what Joe Rogan is saying as it relates to the vaccines. And since they are both on Spotify, Neil Young has reportedly told his team of management to tell Spotify it's either Joe Rogan or me. You can either have Joe Rogan on Spotify or you can have Neil Young. Who's it going to be? I'm guessing Spotify, being business people, are going to try and keep both, but If they're pressed, I'll bet you they go with Mr. Rogan. He is a much bigger, bigger player these days. Just saying. All right, uh, let's get into it. I think he's here. Jim Stovall here. It's time for our weekly visit with um, Jim Stovall. I like to call him a friend, even though I've never met him in person. We have talked for almost four years now on a weekly basis about the work that Jim does, specifically his column, his Winner's Wisdom column, that you can find and should find at jimstovall.com. I encourage you to go there. Jim is more than just his column. He's an entrepreneur, an author, a public speaker, and, uh, and he's here. Jim, welcome back. I have a question for you. Well, I hope I have an answer for you. I'm pretty sure you might. Jim, as you've traveled around the world giving speeches and uh, you're frequently in front of a lot of folks, thousands of people at any given time, and you reach millions with all the things you do, have you ever had a hot mic moment like the president had with Peter Ducey in the press room the other day? Uh, No, I'm happy to say I have not. Uh, I remember as a young boy of 10 or 12 years old, my grandfather taught me how to shoot a gun. And he said, uh, he said, all guns from this point forward in your life, every one of them's loaded. So always treat them that way. Well, years later, I got into, uh, started doing television and radio and the various things we do. And then, of course, the arena events. And uh, I remember an old veteran told me when I first did my first TV show, you know, from the time you walk out of the, the, the dressing room, all mics are on. You just have to assume that. And, uh, you know, and then, and then uh, you would hope uh, someone as savvy, as uh, politically savvy or experienced as our president, I mean, the guy's been doing this 50 years, um, you know, you would hope that he, uh, he would know better than that. That was a, uh, that was a sad situation. I, uh, I, I, and, um, you know, I believe you have a responsibility 
when you're the leader of our country. You know, in England, they have royalty, and then they have a prime minister that runs the country. Well, here, our, our president does both. He represents us, and he also leads the nation, for better or worse. That's where we are. And um, you would hope that wouldn't happen. Uh, I did one of my novels, and I threaded a storyline in about Harry Truman. So I worked with his historian and archivist at the Truman Library, and I got some of his papers. And uh, Truman's language was... uh, shall we say vocabulary expanding he uh, <laughs> he he had all the words but you know it didn't come out he, in barack obama's i read his his memoir he just came out with and uh, wow um you know that was uh, shocking for me to uh, see i mean you could not uh, uh, there were words on there you, you know i could not say on television even now and uh, and uh, and Mr. Biden's thing, I think, was unfortunate. And then he called the gentleman and uh, and uh, said it wasn't personal. Well, I can't. Uh, it seemed. Uh, I mean, when you call someone that, uh, that's pretty pretty personal. And uh, you know, it, it is. And I, by the way, I thought the 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 question that the Fox reporter asked was a very legitimate question. I mean, do you think inflation is going to affect the midterms? I mean, boy, two critical topics, inflation and the midterm election. And uh, and then the hot mic thing, I think, was mastered, as many things were, by uh, our beloved Ronald Reagan, when he uh, actually, uh, you know, kind of, tongue-in-cheek uh, jabbed the Russians a bit uh, by, uh, you know, you know, is the mic on or not? And, of course, being an old actor, you, you're, you're not going to fool him. But I, I think it's infor- unfortunate, and uh, I think, uh, you know, our leaders have a responsibility not to do that. Um, and, uh, you know, and I, you know, people need to elevate their language anyway, but uh, that, was, uh, that was rather disappointing. Yeah, it's one of those things that it'll probably help Peter Ducey at Fox more than it will hurt the president. And that's kind of the way I hope it goes. And that maybe Joe Biden, our president, remembers this going forward because it's not the first time and he should know better. Uh, We in radio and uh, we who do broadcasting from the self-control standpoint have the ability to turn off a microphone when we're about ready to opine. And uh, let loose a personal opinion that others might not agree with. So I feel like I have a distinct advantage in this place. And I I feel lucky about that. But I'm glad you weighed in on it, Jim. I'm just and I'm also happy you haven't fallen victim to a hot mic. I haven't either, at least not yet. But there's still time. Uh, Let's talk about this week's column, Jim. Uh, There's some great stuff in here. And you weave together some of the wonderful influences in your past of some of the great leaders in terms of thought leaders and inspiration. What are we learning this week? Well, the column is called Compensating Balance. And, uh, you know, we all look at things where that's good or that's bad. And uh, my late great friend, mentor, colleague, Paul Harvey, said no one knows enough to be a pessimist. And I I think that's really true because uh, I can remember sharing the stage with him and he would tell this story, uh, you know, about how, you know, the the energy crisis and and how that uh, we were going to run out of oil by a certain day and then the whole country's going to go dark and the media was doing this. And and he said that was our life in the 80s, uh, the 1880s, and it was about whale oil. And and everybody thought we're going to run out of oil. Well, 
the thing that the pessimists didn't know yet was there's going to be this amazing discovery in Pennsylvania that would affect my home state here in Oklahoma, and we're going to find oil that actually comes out of the ground. And, you know, so every problem creates a solution, and then those solutions create more problems. But we've got to remember, you know, opportunities come to us disguised as problems. I read about a woman recently, in fact, I'm trying to get a hold of her for an interview for a book project, and she jumps out of an airplane with a parachute. The parachute does not open. Now, this this is a bad start to your day right here. <laughs> well, the 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 backup parachute, the emergency parachute, only partially de- deploys. Now it's bad gets worse, and then she hits the ground very hard, but not just the ground. She lands in a three-foot pile of fire ants. Oh my and, God. and sustained over 100 of these stings from these fire ants. Well, they, the ambulance, they rush her to the hospital and everything, and, uh, you know, you had two parachutes in the fire ants. And this is a bad day here, Mike. For anybody not uh, engaged in parachuting, this is the day you want to avoid. But the doctors came in to see her later and said, the fire ants saved your life. You You had a compression fracture of your back. You would have died. You would have been paralyzed. But the fire ants caused you to go into a temporary coma, and they saved your life. There's no other way you would be here except for the fire ants. So here we are with a situation, you know, no one knows enough to declare that's good or that's bad. I love this. I, I, I love this example. On every, well, there's like seven examples in there, Jim. You just rattled off that everybody needs to be taking notes now during our conversations because there are opportunities within every problem and then there are other opportunities that come out of the solutions that are created which create additional problems and then you have the example of this woman whose bad day turned into a worse day and then the worst thing that happened with the fire ants saved her life you know and we've been thinking about it'd be a great scene in a film and we we may have the michael pelka movie debut because i think you would be the perfect person to reenact that uh, particular episode no no one i can think of that uh, would be better than you on that well um not not that you could have known jim but my movie debut did happen about 25 years ago in a horrible picture called sergeant kabuki man nypd and i had a almost as horrific an experience where i had my face melted by uh, a giant thousand-year-old creature that, uh, it's a long story and you don't want to know it, but I'd be happy to do the role. Just contact my agent, who is me. This may be an upgrade for you, Mike. Could be. <laughs> Anything is an upgrade from what happened to me in Sergeant Kabuki Man, Jim. Anything. I, I, I love all of this, uh, this focus on trying to look away from the problem, not to diminish the problem, but to find the opportunity and to find a balance because not everything has to destroy your day or your, your world. You can, you can take a, a little shift and look in a slightly different direction and find something good out of what appears to be a bad situation. Is that the correct assessment of today's lesson? Absolutely. I mean, I am always I always leave the Napoleon Hill quote because it changed my life as a blind person. I'm sitting in my room of despair. I thought I would never get out of. And then my audio book came up and he said, 
you know, every heartbreak, every setback, every defeat is endowed with the seed of an equal or greater benefit. And I thought, if that's true, I'm going to change my life and change my world. If that's not true, uh, I'm in trouble. And uh, and it proved to be true then, and it proves to be true now. You know, we've just gone through two years of the pandemic, and, uh, you know, uh, certainly people have lost their lives. They've lost uh, uh, jobs. They've lost a lot of things, and we need to be uh, thoughtful and, uh, you know, prayerful toward those people. But a lot of, you know, when you look at this, a lot of good things have come out of this, uh, you know, technology-wise, and then just in the personal front. I mean, I think we appreciate things more. I think we're closer to one another. There's always a benefit if you're looking for it. There's always an opportunity. And there are many, many benefits that came out of the horrific pandemic. We just need to be open to understanding and recognizing them and then maximizing them. Uh, his name is Jim Stovall. He is the, the man behind the Narrative Television Network and so much more. And his Winner's Wisdom column, as I said, is something you should find. Go to jimstovall.com now and just put in your email address. They'll send it to you. Jim, I will uh, start preparing my, uh, my acting skills. They've been in, uh, in deep storage for a couple of decades, but I'll be ready when you make that call. Everybody needs to be looking forward to Michael Pelko starring in Revenge of the Fire Ants. It's going to be huge. 